1: Welcome to Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars' daily sports podcast. It's Monday, April 10th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Sporting Kansas City and the KC Current today with Daniel Sperry, the Stars' soccer reporter. I wish the news was better. Neither team owns a victory. Sporting's played seven games with three draws and four losses. The team has had massive difficulty scoring, just two goals in seven games. And Daniel breaks down the problems on the offensive end. After a break, we switch to The Current, which is off to an 0-2 start. It's very early in the season, and as Daniel reminds us, the team didn't get its first victory last year until Memorial Day, and The Current wound up playing in the NWSL Championship game. Okay, let's get started talking soccer with Daniel Sperry. Daniel, do they have do-overs in soccer? Can can you start an entire season
0: (laughs) over? I think everybody would love to hit the reset button
1: yes um especially for sporting kansas city we're going to talk sporting kansas city and the kansas city current um the current's season just started they're only two games in sporting of course seven games in but the common thread is there are no victories for either of them uh the current yeah. starts 0 and 2 sporting is three draws four losses and three Zero points. Wins. Yeah. yeah that is yeah. what That's no bueno what. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody expected this. You know, I just thought about this before we got on, um, started chatting. Where, where was sporting projected to finish
0: this year? You know, it's a wide, pretty wide range, I think. Um, there's a lot of people, I think myself probably too, sees what can happen and sees like everybody on this team at the the idea of how good it can be the problem is in practicality it hasn't been that yet um and then there's a lot of people who i think figured that they would start slow because of the injuries which i think is also um a fair uh thought process but you know as a lot of the talk was okay until we get these guys back um, but I think, uh, you know, there's a good mix of most, everybody had them at least in the playoffs and granted there's still time for that, but we're talking, especially with nine teams out of 14 in the Western conference, make the playoffs, you just got to string together some wins and I mean, if they win two games here. They're above the playoff line. So it's just one of those things where, um you know i think there is a, a, a wide mix of what people thought was going to happen um for them this season and they've pretty much hit under the bar on all of that so far
1: yeah we thought one of those victories was going to come on saturday when colorado yeah. came to uh to children's mercy and mm-hmm. it didn't happen a one nothing loss uh and <laughs> you know peter lee's yeah. had the the uh, quote of the year to date. Um, <laughs> I'd I like quote, to score some goals. I'd like to score some goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, that has been that has been the problem, has it not? Yeah. They've played good defense. They've had good goalkeeping for the most part, except for the yeah. one, you know, the one outing against Seattle. But uh but they just cannot put the ball in the net.
0: Yeah, and I don't know at this point. Like, uh, you know. For a while you could have said okay um alan Polito's not out there willy Agata didn't start out very strong um you know guys were kind of slowly bringing it together i don't know that sporting has ever like come out with their hair on fire in regards to goal scoring either they tend to be kind of a slow burn and really gradually pick up and i think after about four three or four games it starts to pick up um, but this has been the slowest of burns if there is anything burning and uh you know willy Agata has was the last goal scorer for sporting kansas city and it came uh nearly three full matches ago he scored just five minutes into that match against um the sounders and they went the rest of that match the entirety of the philly match and the entirety of the colorado match without scoring a goal and before that they went three straight games without scoring a goal um so i you know i I don't. I. I. You would like to think that there's goals in this team. Daniel Shalloway has put up double double digit numbers. Johnny Russell, um, I think only once in his career has not put up double digit goal scoring numbers. Um, Alan Polito, when healthy, has been um, a goal. Uh, a, you know, a goal or an assist per game um, in MLS. And Eric Tommy was fantastic when he came on last year. So you would have figured that somewhere. Even Willie Agata too, the goal scoring form that he was in. Um, something more than one you, you would have imagined. And I think right now, you know, they're in a place where let's say they put away a couple, that an early chance right in that second half the first half i didn't think sporting played very well against colorado um it it wasn't ball didn't move fast enough players weren't moving enough off the ball i think they were trying to still piece it all together with everybody in the mix finally and then in the second half things got going alan Polito had a really good opportunity daniel was cutting inside johnny looked like himself taking the ball running at players and you know forcing defenders to kind of be on the back foot against him um if any of those chances falls and goes in I don't think that the Diego Rubio goal happens I, I and if they do they're you're able to absorb that mistake and absorb right. that situation but with the lack of goal scoring they've left their defense uh a margin for error that is next to none and you know I think a lot of credit should go to Danny Rosero and for his play since he's came on in the last two games a massive acquisition but they're not scoring goals to support the good work that the defense has done in the last couple of games and regard majority all season, you know, that, like you said, that Seattle match was it the big blip on their, you know, defensive record um, and the Sounders are absolutely tearing up everybody right now. So I think that's, you know, you were, you were just in the way of a machine that night as well um, mixed with some of their own mistakes that they made in there. But yeah, the goals, if the, if you're not going to score goals like that, then the goals that you concede like in one nothing losses and 2-1 losses and stuff like that, those are going to feel uh, as deflating as Diego Rubio's goal did because that was a pretty decent performance from Sporting Kansas City, but they didn't get the result. And ultimately, this is a results-driven business, and it's not getting done right now. And I think my fans are rightfully concerned and rightfully um, frustrated with this start compared to last season's start as well too.
1: So in the second half against Colorado, uh, you're right 70 70% possession time for mm-hmm. sporting 12 to 1 shots um i did not see the game uh so were they you know, do they get good looks and has that been um has that been an issue uh mm-hmm. throughout the season just not not even getting good looks
0: yeah that is that is part of the problem um they have not so i for it's hard to describe this especially when we're in print right um it's hard to describe this stat expected goals to people in print because it's such it, it's like when war and some of those um fip and xfip and some of the you know uh the wins the uh, wrc plus some of those higher level baseball stats that when they first got introduced you know you have to put like almost a paragraph trying to explain it to people um and so if for soccer Expected goals is kind of that stat and sporting Kansas city have, I think, if not the most shots taken in the league, it's somewhere within the top two or three shots taken in the league, but they have the lowest expected goals per shot rate of any team in the league by a long shot. And they're just not creating, they're taking so many shots, but they're not creating anything of concrete um, action. And when I say Alan Polito had a nice look in the second half, I mean, it was a very quick window where he had an opportunity to shoot. And really, the only angle that he had to shoot without it being blocked by somebody was to shoot it directly at the goalkeeper, which is what he did. Um, You know, I think there's, there's, Peter said this. Johnny Russell said this Eric Tommy all three of them said this at some point in their post game um on Saturday was we are shooting when we need to pass and pass and making the extra trying to make the extra pass when we need to just shoot and I you know even Eric Tommy mentioned the idea of like confidence is low right now. Like there, there's not a lot of goal scoring confidence at the moment when everything is getting blocked. They took 18 shots in that game against the Rapids. Ten of them were blocked. I mean, ten of them didn't even reach the goalkeeper. So, and the two that did were easy, comfortable saves for him to make. I think their best chance was a Danny Rosero header off a corner kick in the first half. So, nothing that they did in the second half with all that possession created anything concrete and that's been the storyline for them right now is i don't know it's a mix of uh, you know from my perspective in the press box i can i i we get to see the players and there's a lot of times where the guy's out on the wing and they're just standing there and so then his only option is to either pass backwards sideways or dribble and no one's trying to run and pull defenders out of position and stuff like that and i think that there's a there's a small like if the when you're confident and you're moving you're just you're just constantly moving off the ball and you're creating those passing lanes creating the channels opening up space for other people and that just hasn't been happening i think in the first half they didn't move the ball quick enough to open up some of that stuff second half they did and then they didn't create anything in the final third partly because colorado was so bunkered in but at the same time um you know they're it's the it's the same symptom i think there there was a great uh, one play i think really encapsulates where sporting is at right now and daniel shallowy picked off a, a pass inside the 18 yard box by a uh, a player um tried to play a defender defender daniel intercepted it. it was a bad awful pass Daniel intercepts it. He has two options. He can shoot and blast it on goal, or he can pass to Willie Agata. The problem is is Willie Agata is marked. So you would think Daniel would just put his foot through it and put it on frame, and it probably goes in because their goalkeeper was way out of position for anything in that moment. He opts to pass. Agata gets closed down, and then by the time the ball even attempts to cycle out to Johnny Russell, it's too late. Everything's closed up again. And so there are opportunities where they are not – like pen, penalizing teams for their mistakes. And when when you're not creating things and then not penalizing teams for the mistakes that they made, that's where the confidence and I think the mindset you see is, should be concerning because they're right now they're not thinking and acting uh, as they would when they're kind of in that full step and full confidence.
1: It's hard to understand with a, you know, it, or it'd be easier to understand if there were a new coach or a slew of new players um, but you know we're looking at a team that we're all familiar with, at least yeah. in, in Polito being back uh, with a coach yeah. who's had incredible success. Mm-hmm. And it's almost as if they're, you know, the message isn't getting through, or they're not on the same page. Or um, I, I just yeah. st- Peter for me strikes me as a guy that's not going to you know tolerate this type of uh, this type of play. And mm-hmm. you've got players like Johnny Russell who. Yeah don't want to tolerate this type of play.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's the, that's the hard part here because I don't, I, you know, I, I don't think there's like the idea that Peter Vermese doesn't want to win is <laughs> <It's laughs> crazy to me, right? Like Peter Vermese is one of the most intense competitors. I think I've ever been around and same Johnny Russell is up there. A lot of those guys on that team are just very intense competitors. They don't like to be in this situation, but, it's one of those where hard work and attention to detail and a little bit of luck maybe will help pull them out of it but they're not getting any luck they're not creating any luck and they're not creating anything on their own right now and i think that 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 is i think the big concern here is um you know i i can maybe say alan polito finally played 60 minutes and you know this is his first game back for an extended stretch you know, let's see what, what happens when he builds on it and that's fine. But you know, I was looking at it today, uh, for article this week, uh, sporting. So there have only been 10 teams in major league soccer's history that started winless in their first seven matches only two have made the playoffs however if we were using today's playoff rules five would have made it so there's still a lot of opportunity one team went on and won the supporter shield they were the best team in MLS that season despite losing despite not winning any of their first seven matches so it's 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 doable but I wouldn't personally like sit there and like this is not one of those like oh we could do it yeah, I mean this is I you know I I I'm still a little interested in the response because i asked you know the question that elicited the response of i'd like to score some goals from peter was are the alarm bells ringing and i think that's a genuine question The alarm bells are ringing for fans now but are the alarm bells ringing for coaches and players and that they that you would think that they would have to be
1: right no doubt about it hey so it's been a while since we've talked so let's catch mm-hmm. up on a little bit of news um yeah. There was, uh, as as we, we as you discussed, Alan Polito came back for the Philadelphia game. Right, didn't start, but but finally got on the field. Started against Colorado, and uh, six, did you say sixty minutes? Is that what he went?
0: Yeah, he went about a little over sixty. Um, I think for me, he was trying to give him as long as he could, but around he had Willie got up and ready to go, pretty much right around the sixtieth minute mark, and was ready to make that sub. So yeah.
1: Okay and I think it was after the was it after the Seattle game that uh, the team waved Ben Sweat and um, yeah. Peter Vermees did not mention him by name but uh, you could tell not very happy at all with uh, with his performance.
0: Yeah and I think it's a multitude of performances too to start the season um I I don't want to say when I say this I don't like there's obviously other things throughout the games the team could have done but outside of Saturday's loss I think there's actions that Ben Sweat made direct in the goals that they were conceded that led to their three losses prior right. um and it was i mean that whole 10-minute stretch against seattle um the first yellow card that was a, a needless challenge in the corner flag when the ball was going to go out for a corner or a throw-in um, puts in a dangerous tackle probably could have been sent off as well for it directly there um holds morris offside holds uh and then gets the second yellow a couple minutes later by just recklessly plowing through somebody. And then you have, you know, the first goal of the season that they conceded, Ben Sweat, instead of, I think I asked for Mies after that game, would you have liked him to either let it go out for a corner kick or punt it out to the sideline? And he said, either of those solutions would have been better. (laughs) And so I think the writing was on the wall. I think Ben will end up sticking somewhere else. There's always a need for naturally left-footed left-backs in this league, um, regardless of what team it is. So. Um, I, you know, and maybe in a style that maybe fits him a little bit better, he might do better, but, um, it's kind of disappointing just considering how good he was down the stretch last season. And it felt like a feel good story, um, coming back from the ACL injury, but he just hadn't been up to par this season and didn't seem like the, the message was getting through about the mistakes being made on the field.
1: Okay, and just a couple of bullet point items before we take a break. Uh, yeah. the, two, the two goals by sporting fewest in MLS, but mm-hmm. they have they they don't have the largest goal differential. There's some other like three or four teams have larger goal differentials. So, yeah. so th- that proves that there's been some com- there's a lot of competitiveness here. Just yeah no goals.
0: Yeah, and. Um... If they would score, I think <laughs> there's a lot of those results that you know. You're lot. There's a lot of those one nothing losses and the the draws that you're yep. sitting there and thinking, man, they played pretty well, but they didn't get it done. Yep. And I think that that's the concern is that does it continue to spiral?
1: And how about St. Louis City off to a <laughs> They, good, they were good. off to a
0: roaring start. Thankfully, I, I'm sure uh, Sporting was shipping uh, Minnesota United, Adrian Heath and Minnesota United a couple of boxes or bottles of wine, cases of wine for making sure that they didn't uh, interrupt there. So in 2012, Sporting Kansas City had the record for the best start in Major League Soccer history when they won their first seven matches. St. Louis got to five before losing to Minnesota and then got thumped in Seattle this weekend.
1: There we go. Okay. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we've got some Kansas city current to discuss. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the star sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is sports pass for $12.99 a month. You get unlimited digital access to all of the star sports content, including beat writing columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel For $159.99 a year, you get everything the star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. We're back on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast, and we're talking soccer with the star's soccer writer, writer, Daniel Sperry. Daniel, we we just uh, we wrapped up Sporting Kansas City, uh, windless Sporting Kansas City, and now mm-hmm. we're gonna shift gears to windless Kansas City Current. But where there <laughs> might be a little bit more uh, of an alarm sounding with the um, with Peter Vermees team, not so much yet with the Kansas City Current. Like mm-hmm. to have seen a, a win out of these first two. They they went to open the season at North Carolina, and lost one zip to the Courage. A little bit of a dis- disappointment in the home opener uh, with a four-one loss to the Portland Thorn, the, the teams that met in the NWLS WLS uh, Cup last year. So, um, anything that um, uh, anything to be overly concerned about at this point with with the uh, current?
0: Um, I you know I think they're back. The problem I, I I'm a little concerned about their back line at the moment, just because what they've done. Is they've changed formations from what they were doing last year last year they were playing in a back with three center backs and had Haley mason kate del fava um playing very very wide and high up the field um they started their first match of the season in a in a 4-3-3 for the back two center backs with one being a rookie elizabeth ball um injured her hamstring at the end of that match and they stuck still with a four at the back, um, adding in Jenna Weinbrenner and Addison Merrick as the right back. And then uh, for this, is for the Portland game and then Kate Del Fava ended up being kind of like a free floating the way they played it is addison Merrick as the right back was still pretty far tucked in and it was arguably a back three at times um and kate del Fava was supposed to be kind of a free-floating player in the space to behind sophia smith to hopefully try and pin her back that didn't happen because sophia smith had a hat trick and just absolutely tore up um an inexperienced back line for the current and i think um the lack of experience with especially with elizabeth ball injured um it's concerning especially at center back um i will say once the midfield gets sorted out and and you know i think part of it too might be injuries early on in the season alex loera it play alex Loetta. excuse me i'll make sure i get her name right for herself um because players deserve that um yes. uh and i so uh Loetta well,
1: i depend on you to correct me i know all and,
0: I, <laughs> and i and i long to appreciate it correct and i as just a side note like I mean, thank, thankfully the teams give us like the little pronunciation guide so we can hear it, but I think it's so, it, it bothers me when I hear it on broadcast where I know these guys, like you've, you've been given these sheets by the, by the. The, the the team's communication staff ahead of the broadcast you should get it right but that's okay we all make mistakes but anyways um loetta has been playing in the midfield uh just because they really don't have other many other healthy midfielders and she can play kind of as that destroyer defensive midfielder that desiree scott um played at i know once they get morgan gattro and uh and uh Vanessa DiBernardo back into the mix. I think that'll help move Alex back to the back line. The question is, do they stick with the back four? Because I, it limits Haley Mace. Um, and Haley Mace earned her call up to the national team by being um, so good on the wide spaces. So I think my concern is how quickly they do adapt to this newer formation and how long they stick with it. Um, I'm cool with coaches experimenting. Uh, you know, the current started off awful last year. And then, you know, we're in the mix for the nwcl shield on the final day um it's what happens in this league it's everybody's good everybody's um kind of neck and neck here so i i'm curious to see what happens as more players get healthy players get pulled back into the mix like dabinia um like di bernardo and gattro in the midfield and uh even desiree scott and as well hannah glasson uh, as a very experienced uh fullback that'll be playing out there on the right so there's a lot of those players that'll come back into the mix that are injured at the moment um, that uh, I think will potentially change that. But then the question is, if it doesn't work, where do you go from there? And I think the early returns not being so great out of that back four-ish formation um, are maybe a sign that maybe it's not worth, uh, you know, changing up the formation and the the tactics and how the team plays yet.
1: It's a good point about last year. Uh, don't forget that this team – it took them a while to get a victory, as I recall. Uh, yeah, got a couple results, but didn't have a, a couple of draws early, but didn't get a victory mm-hmm. until I don't know how many how many games in. It
0: was it was Memorial Day. I mean, it was it was yeah. it was pretty late. But then they pretty much went unbeaten through June, July, and August, and that that'll help get you back on track. I don't know if they'll be able to pull off a 13 game unbeaten streak again, but it it would be nice for them too, especially if if you're looking at trying to host playoff games and host a shield and, you know, be up in the mix for the shield. You got to get those points early. It's a tough start having Portland be your first home match. Um, they're just still an insanely talented stacked roster and the current are extremely injured and talented and stacked roster. And so the Portland thorns are, are, uh, are healthy and they, they came in and ran rampant. Um, although I did think the current really did a good job in the second half of punching back, just didn't quite get through.
1: Right. Right. And how about um, how about the um, the the exposure that the current received on Ted Lasso? uh, Yes. How cool is that?
0: Yeah, it's cool. I'm sure, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, Jason, you know, obviously is very proud of his hometown. And it's it's out there and pretty much a lot of the stuff that he does creatively, um, a lot of his sketches and bits. And so uh, I think it's uh, it, it was a funny, you know, I don't. If you had a chance to read the article, I thought it was a funny parallel between Ted Lasso and Matt Potter being uh, the Ted Lasso is the Englishman or the, the Kansas City guy coaching in England. And Matt Potter is the Englishman coaching in KC. <laughs>
1: right. Potter's
0: favorite club is this is the Tottenham Hotspurs and the original Jason Sudeikis bit from 2013 for Ted Lasso was him coaching Tottenham when NBC won the rights to the Premier League. So um, uh, very, very funny Uh in between and now potter has been coming up and talking ted lasa with us uh you know before press conferences and stuff so uh but yeah it's been uh been it's a fun good moment for them good shout out Uh, you know there's obviously a lot of good press that's been out there about them lately so um you know it's what happens when you are doing things for the first time for women's sports around the world so
1: yeah, there you go. Great. So anyway, he, he's wearing a t-shirt. He's wearing or not a shirt, but just a he's wearing a shirt. Uh a, a, a current shirt. Uh red. Yeah. I believe it's red When you can see the KC mm-hmm. visible and I Yeah.
0: Think... It was actually from the old from the KC NWSL. So it's oh, from how that. About that. So it was from that that odd year basically mm-hmm. before in uh, 2020 2021 where they were not the current yet and they still didn't have a name but um so that that's where they were at with that. So ended up pretty good.
1: Okay, very good. All right, Daniel, it's always really good when we talk to you about soccer with uh, both Sporting Kansas City and the Kansas City Current, and we will do it again soon. Thank you so much for joining us. That'll do it for today. Thanks to producer Randy Mason for putting together the show and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Daniel Sperry for sharing his insights. Morning Sports Edition, you know I love it, Great coverage of the Masters, Major League Baseball, the NASCAR race last night in Bristol, the NBA playoffs, everything in sports. It's in today's Morning Sports Edition. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon on Sportsbeat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.